and we are back with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nick Bavona, once again joined alongside by Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy G. Marino. And guys, an uh, interesting week in the NFL, to say the least. Obviously, Thanksgiving, we had three big-time games to, you know, kind of celebrate the uh, feast, as you, a lot of people would say. And we had some interesting games also this past Sunday. And, you know, when it comes down to it, the NFL is still having another chaotic season as college football has been having. And after this week, I think now we're starting to get a little bit of a clearer picture at who is potentially good and who's potentially just really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would definitely agree with you on that. Um, it was definitely a fun weekend of football. Now, I mean, Nick. Yep. Nope. You said three big games, right? How can yeah. it be three big games when the Lions play every single Thanksgiving? Hey, listen, I, I want the narrative that the Lions are bad to stop. I understand I their record is not good right now. I think it's just funny. I'm going to keep going with it. But there is some things that the Lions are building towards, and I think they're starting to get a little bit of you know things going their way. Obviously, there's still some stuff they need to fix on. The defense has looked better the last couple of weeks, but it's still not good right now. But their offense, they have a lot of, you know, firepower for, you know, seasons to come. So there's something to be looked upon in Detroit. Obviously, this year looks pretty much done when it comes to playoff scenarios. But listen, for future, the Lions could be a team maybe that could be in the playoff, you know, conversation in the next three to four years. I fully agree with that. But um, yeah, go, go ahead, Grayson. I really like the Lions. <laughs> I mean, happy I like not. Cam- I like Campbell as a coach. Um, you you might like him. A lot of people don't. I don't know, but I don't know. I just like his his intensity and you like uh, the grit. He does yeah, like he does like grit. to go for the fourth down a lot. I love that shit. Inject into my veins. But let's get into this game when it comes down to the Lions. I mean. At home, obviously on Thanksgiving, usual a usual tradition for them. Hosting a Buffalo Bills team that's kind of been reeling the last couple of weeks. And Buffalo really need this, you know, this this game because obviously they had the game in Detroit five days prior against the uh Cleveland Browns. So the Bills technically staying in, have to stay in Detroit for that amount of time. And they get a much needed win, but they you know, it didn't come easy. They let the Lions come back into this game. Tyler Bass missed that crucial extra point at one point that kept the Lions in it to the end. But credit to Buffalo. They gave up a field goal with 23 seconds left, and they're able to drive down the field. They saw a big catch and run from Stephon Diggs. It sets up a Tyler Bass 45-yard field goal for the game winner. The Bills do struggle in this game, but they get a much-needed win over the Lions, 28-25. Buffalo now goes to 8-3 on the season. So they're still, you know... Trying to find their identity as of late. They're getting, you know, we're starting to see Josh Allen play a little bit better since, you know, getting injured against the Jets. But for Buffalo, like I said, it's definitely a sigh of relief to get a type of win like this. And with the big Thursday night game coming up this weekend, or I shouldn't say this weekend, coming up this week, Buffalo really needed to get this one, and they definitely got it done this past Thursday. Agreed. Um, I would definitely say Josh Allen's starting to look closer to normal. He's still a little off. 
Yeah, it did throw a really bad interception at one point in this game, so there was that. In the interceptions, it was – when you're watching him throw the ball, it, he doesn't have that zip that he normally does. Like, you – like, they, the elbow is definitely playing a factor on him. Yeah, but like, absolutely. Competing very well. Um, he's running the ball pretty solid. I mean, he's such a big guy to bring down. It's it's tough. Well, it's I mean, good to see that he was running because the, the previous you know two games or even the last game been. against the Browns, they yeah, been and the same thing with the Vikings game. He didn't really run the ball because of the no. injury. Yeah, so it was good to see him get involved in the running game because let, let's face facts, they need him to get involved because other than Devin Singletary, Buffalo really doesn't have a big time no. running game. They got Naheem Hines in the trade from the Colts, but they really haven't used him as a running back, and they've kind of used him more as a special teams, you know, type of player. And James trading Cook for has him. not been very good either. He's been um, up and down, yeah. Yeah, I, I like Singletary. I just I, they need to go and acquire a running back, in my opinion, and they they failed to do that at the deadline. But look, they're a really good team. The only thing that worries me is the Von Miller injury. Well, that to me is actually really major. We're it's kind of huge. Glad you brought that up. Like we have to see what that injury really, how now, long he's going to be out for. With it's that. funny that you bring it up because I there is a rumor that ha- you know as of today there is a rumor that he potentially could be back for the Jets game. So on December 11th, so that's a big time get potentially for. Buffalo, if he's able to return for that game and he's only able to miss just one game, that credit it is a big game either way against New England. But if he's only able to miss one game and face the Jets the, the following week, that's a big sigh of relief for the Bills again because they thought it was a potential ACL tear or something like that and that he would be done for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I mean, either way, I probably would rest him the extra week. You don't, depending on what happens this week, I'd rather have him for. The Dolphins game, like you know that he's going to be healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, they, the, the, they need the games against the Jets and the Dolphins because yeah. they lost to both of those teams. So, yeah, hundred percent. But uh, I would say if you can hold him out, like uh, you're not looking to. I mean, winning the division's great, but you're a playoff team no matter what. Basically, like, yeah, there's but- no need. For him to take that risk of getting injured, I get it. But having the home field game instead of playing on the road is big. Winning the division is a monster. Is a monster when it comes to the playoffs. I hundred percent agree. But would you rather have Von Miller or home field advantage? I I think I'd rather have Von Miller. I mean, you obviously want Von Miller, but if you could have both, then I mean, obviously you you can. But what I'm saying is, if you could avoid the risk of him getting hurt, even worse. You take that. I don't know. But that's beside the point. The Lions played this game extremely strong. I like that team. My only issue is DeAndre Swift refuses to get touches in the red zone. No, 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 no. He had touches in the red zone. Just Dan Campbell is a moron. He gets like two touches in the red zone. No, he's agreeing with you. He said Dan Campbell's a moron. Uh, Yeah, no. He's agreeing with you. Yeah, like. Jamal Jamal Williams is he's a, goal, he's a goal line. Yeah, he's a yeah, goal line like, machine. He's got fourteen rushing touchdowns. It's now insane. It's, it's and, nuts. And Amon Ross St. Brown continues to be a monster. Yep, the Egyptian daddy. Kind of like 
It's kind of, Stop no, calling we're not, him that. We're not calling him that. Uh, we're no, we're, you're not getting anyone else to say that besides yourself. It's, no, okay, it's been 13 episodes. It, has, it hasn't caught on yet. It hasn't caught and on. And I'll still live with it. Don't care. All right. I'm not going to talk about you this. You're going to make anyway. me hate Amon St. Brown, and I don't want yeah, to hate him. Let's, let's, let's go to the rest of our Thanksgiving Day games where, as is tradition, Cowboys hosting a Thanksgiving game. This time yep. against NFC East rival New York football giants. Nick, you probably don't want to take the lead on this one, so no, save the word. I'll no, I'll spare you. I, I, I got it. I got it. Listen, I'm not even mad that the Giants lost this game because they played better than they thought they would play. They covered at the end of the day. Now, credit, this is a tough loss because now they've lost two in a row. Now they're 7-4, and four, and they're facing a Washington Commanders team that's won three in a row. We'll get into them a little bit. But... The Giants, again, struggled to run the football in this game. It's the second straight week they've been able, not really been able to run the football, especially with Saquon Barkley. And there was a lot of big miscues in the first half of this game. They had a couple, a touchdown called back due to Tyree Phillips being an ineligible man down the field. So that was a big momentum swing there. Then, you know, they couldn't really stop Dallas in the second half when it came to the running game. Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard again had a monster game for Dallas. And the Giants, they, they kept... You know, they kept this game close up until pretty much the first half, but they let this game get away from them in the third quarter, and they had their chances definitely to win this game. But with all the injuries that they've accounted for this season, they just couldn't overcome them at the end of the day. They will get back Aziz Ojolari at least this coming week, so that's at least a good sign for them. But they need to get healthy if they're going to have any chance of making the playoffs this year. They just were... They just couldn't run the ball. That defense is very, very good for the Cowboys. Yeah, but I was I was hoping for a little bit more out of the running game. Um, they need a number one receiver. This team needs a lot. They they have a lot of issues on this team. They're injured on top of it. Like, but. With all that said, they put they played a very hard game. They competed all game. So, at the end of the day, that that's all you can really ask for for a team that's ahead of schedule. Because nobody expected the Giants to have this many wins. Yeah, that's fair. They've no, done I, a very I, good job. I think job. the most important part about this team is, yes, the Giants have had some pretty... I don't want to say bad losses because there's nothing really. There's no shame in losing the Cowboys as much as you guys hate hearing that. I mean, on paper, the Lions' loss doesn't look as great, but the Lions have looked a little bit decent last couple a lot weeks. Better. So... If this is the Lions' loss, like in week two, week three, yeah, it would be pretty horrific. But yeah. they've looked a little bit better. You're right. Even though, like, you know, poking fun at them. It's, saying, still, not, know, it's still not a good loss. loss but... I'm not no, it's give, not. I'm not going to, you know, describe that fact. They can still get on track and make the playoffs. So, but I think the biggest uh, part about this was that last minute touchdown. And two, I think it was a two-point conversion. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. One more time. What was the question? Sorry. It was a two-point conversion in the last minute touchdown, right? Yeah, I mean they they got a touchdown with eight seconds left, and they yeah, kicked and the then extra they point. and they kicked the extra point. My bad. Well, yeah. with, with that touchdown, the Giants covered the spread. So I think well, that then. was the best thing you could probably, they possibly could have done. They, the Giants covered the spread. Well, if you're if you're better, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, listen. Good teams know, win, but great team. teams cover. I know. I know. I know. So the Giants were a great team on Thanksgiving, no matter uh, how, you, how you slice it. 
it just sucks because you because as a Giants fan, you see them on primetime, and especially at the last couple of years, you see a primetime game and you know it's like you're kind of cringing at the fact. And you don't really get to see Giants play on Thanksgiving this often. So to have them play on Thanksgiving was, uh, you know, for me, it was a great sight to see. I just wish, you know, their things could have gone differently. I mean, they had they definitely could have won this game. They just let the game slip away from them. And with all the injuries they have on both sides of the ball, if they don't start getting healthy sooner rather than later, it's really going to hurt them making the playoffs, especially after a 7-2 and start. Well, Nick, it could be worse because let's go into the next game with a New England Patriots gifted. I shouldn't say Patriots gifted with a, with a oh, Zebras refereeing the game. Gifted Kirk Cousins' first primetime win this season. Yeah, Speaking very- of primetime wins, I, I was just interested to see the stat. But um, you know the Giants are 1-20 in pass at the 425 window? Yeah. Over the last four years. That's why get. That's what I was getting at. They the what time do the Giants play this week? Is it one o'clock? They are playing a one o'clock game. Thankfully, right, the, John, right, the, the Giants money line is the lock of the century. Daniel Jones oh, over nine. It, it's I yeah, Daniel, Daniel Jones is also is getting into. It's definitely in Kirk Cousins territory Kirk Cousins. when it comes to. That's what I was thinking games. about, and I was and, like, and, and, it's a hundred percent. I was looking it up while you guys were talking. That's why like, I said when you see a prime game for the Giants this past couple of years, you're you're like, oh no, here we go again. Yeah. Like, it's most likely not going to turn out well. Sorry, I'm, to trying, to even, guys I'm off, trying to even but, think of what that one win was. I will have to look back yeah, and, and figure it out. But um, we'll get we'll get into the game while you while you look that up. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. So Johnson, uh, as you said, you know, a very controversial touchdown taken away from the Patriots. That really, at the end of the day, cost them this game against the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings get to win thirty-three to twenty-six, and that touchdown plays big dividend because instead of the Patriots kicking a field goal, they could have got seven and potentially could have won the game. It definitely changes the whole scenario of how this game would have ended. But for New England, I mean, listen, they got out of the gate, you know, not great. They gave up an early touchdown to Justin Jefferson. They did come back to score ten unanswered points to take the lead going into the second quarter. But there was just a lot of missed opportunities for both of these, for you know, for this team, for the New England, to really stop this Viking offense. Justin Jefferson was a monster in this game. He had over 100 yards receiving. Adam Thielen had a really solid game as well. And so did TJ Hawkinson. And I got to give the, the Patriots credit. They kept this game close. You know, we're down to the wire. Had a chance to tie the game. But as you said, that, that non-touchdown call, Really was the difference at the end of the day, and New England loses a really, you know, frustrating game. Yeah, heartbreaker. And now with the game against Buffalo this Thursday, they, they really need a win if they're going to stay alive in the AFC uh, playoff hopes. I'm going to say one thing: Mac Jones looked fantastic. Uh, yeah, against, he did against a good Vikings defense. Almost 400 yards and two touchdowns. Really should have been 400 yards plus three touchdowns. Yeah, uh, but we won't get into that right now. Mac Jones looking like who he was the last. Who he was drafted the last couple of weeks had a very slow start of the season. Had 250 passing yards last week. Obviously, no touchdowns. Uh, but we all know what went on that Jets game. He got sacked six times. Only gets sacked three times. Still a lot for a quarterback in one game. Throws for 400 yards. So the offensive line looked a little bit better than last week. Still a little bit shaky. But I'm kind of excited to see what uh, what Matt can do going further this season. The Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. We know they're a good team, but. Patriots is going to be do or die mode these next couple of weeks. They have a hellish slate ahead of them. Uh, I found out the stat. 
it was a uh, week ten of twenty eighteen against the San Francisco 49ers. And that was probably prime tanking era for the 49ers. That was the last time the Giants have won a prime time game. That's really good. That's excellent, actually. Um, uh, yeah, we're just yeah. That, that Giants play that you know that Giants primetime uh win is now in like pre K now, right? You know, I actually kinda wanna see who was the quarterback for that team. Uh, I mean, CJ uh, Befford for the 49ers on about maybe yeah. and no there's um, no look it up. there's no way Befford would be the starting quarterback for that game and, and they kept <laughs> it on prime time because that would be pretty bad I mean it's 2018 but isn't he on the Niners in 2018 I don't know his tenure I think San he was his tenure in San Francisco was so bad people pretty much forget about it but anyway Johnson you said it. I mean the Patriots have a, a really Kind of tough schedule down the stretch of the season. I mean, you have the game against Buffalo. Next two games, you have Arizona and Vegas. And realistically, those aren't going to be easy wins, especially on the road. So that would be tough. And then, oh, Grayson, I'm pretty sure just found out what the quarterback was. Oh, but, yeah. I, I know who it is, too. Do you want me to say, oh, Grayson? Uh, before, before you get to let me just finish oh up the, sc- the schedule. They end, they end the season with Cincinnati, Miami, and Buffalo. So New England really needs to win these yeah, next, now he, they need to win two out of these next three to stay alive in the race because it's not oh. it's it's not going to be pretty if they don't. Now you can tell me who the quarterback oh. was. Oh, okay. Um, hey, you want you want to give me a quiz? You want to give me the comments of the team? I was going to say, can I give you the? Sure, go ahead. Holy you can give me a hint. Christ. I'm sure our viewers Holy are loving our listeners are loving this. Oh, uh, give me one second. Uh huh. I just want to make sure I have the right college in mind. Okay. Can we stop this, bro? Sorry. Do you want I don't to go, think it's, it's, not, it's not Power 5. Yeah. No, uh, that's, that's even better. Uh, found it. Uh, Nick, I can give you a hint if you really want it. I mean, you can go for it. Um, There are two big-time former uh, quarterbacks that have gone to the school. Big time quarterbacks have gone to the school. Non power five. All right, conference USA. It they were in conference USA. Are they in the Sun Belt? I hate how you knew that. Okay, <laughs> okay. Now I'm trying to narrow down my teams. The problem is who's in the Sun Belt. Actually, it might not be two. It's definitely one for sure. One quarterback for definite. I think there was a second though. Maybe I might have the schools mixed. Up. I don't. I couldn't even tell you a Sun Belt team right now besides Appalachian State. So I have no idea. Uh, uh, it's I'll pretty... give you the player. What happened? Uh, we'll see. I'll give you the player. Okay. Um, Brett Favre. He went to Southern Miss. Yep. <laughs> don't ask me why I know Brett, Brett Favre went there. I mean, I knew it too. I, just, I don't know who else. Uh, who went to oh, Southern? I know who I was thinking This of. guy actually beat Brett Favre's single season passing yardage and touchdown he did. when he actually played at uh, Ole Miss. So, statistically speaking, uh, I'm sorry, Ole, Ole Miss, a uh, Southern Miss, he's statistically better than Brett Favre was in college. Can <laughs> you shut up? Who, who asked for this just, stupidity? Just, just, just go ahead. Just tell me. I, I can't. I can't tell you a Southern Miss quarterback besides Brett Favre. No, nah, uh, you think you get it? He's a current backup on the uh, on the Vikings. Is the Vikings backup? 
I don't know if he's V backup, but he is a backup on the Vikings. Um, just tell me. We're wasting time. The other core, the other quarterback I was thinking of was Austin Davis. That's but... disgusting. <laughs> but it's not Austin. It's uh, Nick Mullins. Oh, Nick Mullins. He went to. I did not know he went to Southern Miss. Uh, him and C.J. Befford split the season. They both. They, they oh, like I know what primetime game that is now. That was a Monday night game. I remember that now. Now I'm. It's all clicking again. I know. Yeah. I know exactly what that game was. Yeah, I'm sorry to all of our listeners for having to endure that entire conversation and then for any Giants fans that now have to be reminded that CJ um CJ Beathard that Nick Mullins played on a Monday night game against the Giants in 2018 and that was the last Giants primetime win that is impressive I I told you I when you have bad memories they they don't go away (laughs) all right well moving on yeah, moving on, we'll talk about the team the Giants are going to be playing this upcoming week. The Washington Commanders are starting to get on a big-time win streak. They've now won three in a row, and they got a big-time win against an Atlanta Falcons team that's still technically alive in their division when it comes to you know, the playoffs. But the Commanders winning this game 19-13, to a real offensive shootout, to say the least. But Washington with a monster win thanks to Brian Robinson playing a big factor, 105 yards rushing. Heineke did just enough to outduel Marcus Mariota, even though it's not really saying anything. And Washington goes to seven five at the end of the, as of currently right now, all the NFC East teams would be in the playoffs if the season ended today. So big time props for Washington since they you know turned to Heineke after the Carson Wentz injury. He's done a great job getting them back into this position, and now with a big game this week against the Giants, they have a chance to make it four in a row if they could pull off the win on the road. Taylor Heineke, he's a goat. Yeah, I'm going to say this right now. I don't think they're winning uh, Giants at home. They've had a very nice little streak. I don't think they're going to win four in a row. Uh, but you kind of stole my thunder there. I was going to say all the NFC East teams are in the uh, in the playoffs. That was going to be my thing. didn't mean to do be, that, but yeah. That's going to be my thing here. But uh, AFC East, just the Patriots are out right now, ironically. Bills, Vi- uh, Bills Jets, and Dolphins all in the playoffs. Yeah, just the Patriots out right Jets, now. Baby. Yeah, I mean, but hey, I mean. I guess good for Washington, not really. I should say good for their fans, not the ownership. Um, we yeah, saw that. What, we after, saw that horrendous. So I want to call it. Uh, yeah, I, I, they had the Adidas jersey with the Reebok pants, and they couldn't even afford. Like, remember, it was soccer. They didn't give them the visor. It was soccer cleats, not football cleats. Soccer ones. And I, I want to say one thing: they have an actual statue of the Philly Special outside of Lincoln Financial Field. In Philadelphia. Yep. But they can't, they can't give an actual statue for Sean Taylor. Probably the best player. Remember, this would, is the second. Which would have been the best player in that franchise in the last This is the years, second straight year they died. have disrespected Sean Taylor. Remember the, what happened last year with Jackson Mahomes when he stepped yeah. on the, that logo that they had I don't the think that, was, that, was, that wasn't his. That wasn't very They long. let it happen. They didn't even do it. He was standing out there for a good like 15 to 20 minutes. They, that's definitely their fault. <laughs> they could have recognized yeah. it. Well, they're clowns. What do you expect? Which is why um, they don't deserve to make the playoffs. Anyway. But, yeah, I mean, is there really much to talk about from this game? Not like, really, but Atlanta is looking a little bit better. Maybe. I don't know. Atlanta has been a weird team. They're kind of Jekyll and Hyde, to say the least. Yeah. But with the way the NFC South has been this year, obviously after the Buccaneers lost to Cleveland, the Saints are really not a good team, but they're still technically in the mix. And Carolina, they pretty much traded away their entire team. But yet they're still on the race because 
none of these teams want to take advantage of how bad the rest of the division is. Sam Darnold, goat. I wouldn't say that. that Denver is just so bad. They're horrible. That, um, they don't deserve yeah, I mean, to be talked about. Honestly, I think we should just move on for this game. It's not even worth it. Uh, again, to the next game, the Bengals. Big, big win. Huge. Without mixing and chase. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, spicy. Well, here's the thing. Even without mixing and chase, the Bengals roster from top to top down the bottom is just so much better than oh, uh, 100%. than the Titans. That's what really boiled down to was you know they had Joe Burrow and you still had T Higgins. You still have uh, even a guy like Tyler Boyd, even though he wasn't he didn't have that big of a game. Well, he still is one of the better backup running backs too. The yeah, no, we've yeah, seen that too. I've seen him get multiple touchdowns and have multiple big moments just backing up mix and not even have when Mixon's healthy. So he's yeah, Nick's right. He's one of the better backup running backs in the uh in the yeah. NFL. But this game came down to the fact that the Bengals were able to control Derrick Henry. Yes. Yeah. No, that, On the ground. That's, that's every Titans loss so Can you you should just check off a box. It's like a flow chart. Can you control Derrick Henry? Yes, you win the game. No, you lose. Yeah. True. It, and Henry honestly would have had an even worse game had he not had that big reception that he ended up fumbling the ball. Yep. And Trillenbergs picked it up in the end zone. Um, Derrick Henry, I really needed that uh, touchdown, but it's okay. We live. It's, it's not okay. You're 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 upset. We we all know this. I'm in shambles. Yeah. It's not. It is what it is. We'll we'll live with it. He's carried me enough. Yeah, you can't be you can't be mad, Derrick Henry. He's just an absolute monster. He but is. yeah, the, the Bengals, like you said, the the more the story of the game was containing Derrick Henry, and another big story of the game was T. Higgins. He's just been a monster this year for Cincinnati. He's in the top ten for receiving yards in the NFL, and he's done a really good job since Jamar Chase has went gone down and has really established himself as a number one wide receiver. Even though re- realistic on his depth chart, he's technically the number two wide receiver, but. The way he's played this year, you could technically say it's one A and one B for this team. They have they they're just both really that good. Higgins had 114 yards and a touchdown in this game, and the Bengals now coming up. They have a monster game coming up with the Chiefs, and they're potentially going to get back mix it and chase going into this game. Cincinnati is hitting a good. This is a good time for Cincinnati to hit a good stride as they try to potentially make it back to the Super Bowl this year, but. Listen, with that win and the Ravens losing to Jacksonville, great opportunity for the Bengals to keep this momentum going down the stretch of the season. I'm glad you mentioned T. Higgins because he's probably one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. He consistently has 1,000-yard receiving seasons year after year. He's on pace to do it again this year, and he definitely really gets a lot of recognition. I think he's going to get paid this offseason, though. I think it's his fifth year now in the NFL. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. No, nah, he, he was in the he was in the 2020 draft. Yeah. Was he really? So it's going to be mm-hmm. his, so it's his third year now. So it's going to be it's, it's up, he's, he's coming up to his fourth year. Yeah. So he'll be getting paid pretty soon, Ben. Um, I wonder how much he's going to, I guess, command in the offseason or whenever he's available to well, get paid. Depends. That's I coming mean, up soon. We'll see. I mean, because he might just want to stay there. Yeah, like, I don't blame him. No, absolutely he's, not. He's getting, he still gets good touches, like, and he's on a team that wins. I mean, like, hey, listen, if he has, if he copy and pastes his career, this is just as average for the next five or six years, he'll be a Hall of Fame receiver. 
maybe not five or six, but like seven or eight. He's gonna need probably ten. He's gonna need like ten seasons total of over a thousand receiving yards. Uh, I get, I get what you're getting. I, I, yeah, yeah, I get yeah. what you're getting at. He's like, on pace yep. to have a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But you know, we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, I think he'd be stupid to leave, but it also comes I down mean, to he might want to establish himself as a true number one. So you never know. Right. That's true. I mean, I would just say it's more like. Uh, I mean, I want I wouldn't mind seeing him in a giant uniform. That's not that's uh-huh. just me. That's just yeah. me. Are you sure about that, Nick? I don't know. Sign giant sign receivers hasn't really been going too great. I don't care. I'll take anything. I'll literally take a traffic cone because that's what Kenny Galladay is anyway. That's besides the <laughs> point. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, this was just one of those games where the defense was able to lock it in. You know whose defense didn't lock it in this week? <laughs> the Bears. Chicago. Well, you, actually, you, said, no. you said it wrong. Hold on. It, we also, it, what do you mean the defense didn't lock it in? They faced the oh, future of the New York Jets at starting oh, quarterback. Jesus. All right, I'm going to go on the record and say right now, Mike White will not be a Jet within two years. I'm going to say he's going to be the starter in two years still. No, I agree with Johnson. He's definitely not going to be the starter in two years. Bro, look at his stats when he plays, it's, though. It's going to be funny because it's going to be like another – like I brought up Chad Paddington in the college football thing. 100%. It's going to be like that again. And because with the news with Aaron Rodgers, he might be a free agent to get traded soon. I get very much well to see the Jets do it again. I wouldn't the be Jets, surprised. The Jets should totally trade for Russell Wilson. No. Okay, no. <laughs> No. They should totally do that. He'd be a, I, I, he'd be a great quarterback for that you just, franchise. You just, yeah, you just want to see chaos for this the organization. That's why. Of course, I'm a Patriots fan. Why would I not want to see chaos with the Jets? What do you mean chaos? I mean Russell Wills would be good. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, the, my point to go. I mean, listen, that's... a great win for the Jets. I mean, coming off the really embarrassing loss in New England the week before, losing on a punt return for a touchdown to end the game. Mike White gets the start. They bench Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson didn't even pl- didn't even get activated for this game. He was a healthy and active, so he wasn't even the backup for Mike White. So that could be a sign to tell for the rest of the season. Um, but Mike White played great. 22-28, 315 yards, and three passing touchdowns. Garrett Wilson continues to be an absolute monster for this team. And we saw Elijah Moore finally catch a touchdown, his first of the season. So the Jets have some things going for them right now. And they really need it. Right now, they're currently in the playoffs with the season ended today. But a big game coming up with the Vikings this week. If their offense is going to... If this was the right time for the Jets' offense to finally hit their strides, this was definitely the game to get it. Can they keep it going against Minnesota is going to be the question. Yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have seen this game had Fields played. Um, yeah. We almost uh, had a Nathan it, Peterman sighting. That we got a little bit yeah. of a... Kind of a little bit worried when before the game uh, started. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Simeon's so much better, but I mean, he's a thousand times better. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't care what your opinion on Trevor Simeon is. He's not at Nathan Peterman bad. Any guy that goes into his first NFL start with those five picks, that guy's bad. I think they're equally as shit. And that is so disrespectful. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean. This this Bears team had been showing a lot of promise with Fields and the running attack with Fields, um, but you know you're dealt the cards. You gotta play them. Uh, you you gotta find a way to 
do a little bit more. I mean, granted, the Jets' defense is a very, very good defense. Um, Dave Montgomery had a good game on the ground. But you expect a little bit more out of uh, Chase Claypool, honestly, since he's been there. I expected a little bit more. Yeah, I'm, I guess. I mean, it's only been there for a couple of weeks, so he's still kind of getting accustomed to the playbook. But yes, now with them, remember, they lost Darnell Mooney now to a season-ending injury, so you might see him get involved a lot more than often. But, yeah, I mean, Chicago definitely would have been more, a lot more interesting if Fields was playing in this game. But, I mean, they they still have some stuff, you know, to fix. Now, a lot of issues on the defensive side of the ball and obviously on the offensive side, too. They're really just a team that has to fix everything right now. But maybe they have the quarterback situation fixed. Who knows? This jury is still out on fields. But for the Jets, I mean, they get the win. Obviously, jury's still out on Zach Wilson also, so we don't know about him. But maybe the, the Jets the have found the answer. Maybe the Jets have found that answer of Mike White. We don't know. Case closed. Mike White starting quarterback. I cannot wait. I'm not, I'm not talking Johnson, about this. Hall, Hall, no, Johnson Hall. I'm, I, this is perfect because next week, if he gets absolutely rocked by Minnesota, we're going to come back Joe to this, and we're going to and we're going to say, "Huh, Grayson once again ruined the career of someone." That's just the most of a whole nother level. It's what I do, though. This yeah, is like I, my specialty. Exactly. This is why I have no faith in Mike White doing things now. This is unbelievable. Right. I want to go to the next game, probably the upset of the week: Jacksonville for stunner over Baltimore. Uh, What's happening with Baltimore? They had a couple of really big collapse. Okay, Grayson, we know your opinion. All right, we know. We know you think they blow. Uh, you could, if you want, buddy. You could take a break on this game because we already know how you feel about the Ravens. I think yeah, the defense is trash. I think their quarterback's trash. Um, okay. And Trevor Lawrence is a goat. That's all. I, I will edit out the last fifteen seconds of this conversation. <laughs> edit it out of my brain too. Me too. I wish so. Um. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence looking like that guy who was supposed to be back at Clemson in the NFL, having a day over that Baltimore defense. Come from behind win, too. I, there's really I no mean, excuses for this. I mean, I think uh, – I, I just don't know what to think now because I think Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback, and he shows glimpses of – Well, this was his best game brilliant. of his career by far. By far. He shows glimpses of, in the oh, he could finally be – that guy. I think he's finally starting to get comfortable now where he's going to be able to continue this throughout the rest of the season. I think that's my bold, uh, that's my hot take here. Is This is Trevor Lawrence's breakout game. Well, listen, he's playing the Lions next week, so he has a chance to make it back-to-back strong games considering the Lions defense has been, suspect. you know, very suspect to say the least. But this has come down to, again, Baltimore. This is another game in which they had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter, and they blew it. Or I should say double-digit lead. They had a two-possession lead in the fourth quarter, and they lost it. A nine-point lead at one point. They were up 19-10 to 10 with 13 minutes left in the fourth, and they let the Jaguars come back. And it really, again, it came down to Baltimore's play calling just towards the end of this game just was not good. And I thought I'd never say this. I think the better hardball coaches in college. Now, remember, now keep in mind, Johnson, the touchdown for Marvin Jones, that it was a very questionable call because it seems as if Marvin Jones was not in the end zone. Oh, I think, yeah, I, I know. People are saying it's a terrible call. I saw. I think the logic was. I, it was. Uh, it was. They, the, the logic. Logic behind it was they called it a touchdown on the field, and they. Yes. They apparently didn't have any evidence to overturn it. Overturn which, it. 
is mind-boggling because you could see he got one foot down, and technically he did get his second foot down, but before he got the second foot down, his right thigh had hit the white chalk, which was out of bounds in the end zone, so it should have been called a touchdown, it should have been called an incomplete pass. By the rule book, that is not a complete that's not a complete pass. That's not a touchdown. But I think yeah. in the uh in the heat of the game it, they called it a touchdown. Yeah. yeah, not even the heat of the game. I think in the court of popular opinion, that would be a touchdown. I guess. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Baltimore definitely has a gripe to play with, but again, like I said, they shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with. They yeah, had I was just about to say that. they left a lot of time on the field for Jacksonville. They had they had the whole two minute warning and and that to get down the field and, and tie the game. And Jacksonville just said, you know what, screw it. What do we have to lose? We're three and seven. We're gonna go for two points. And they got the two point conversion. Nick, you took the words out of mouth. That's what a good team that happens to a good team. It doesn't happen to a great team. That's the difference. There's a really large skill gap between good teams and great teams, and that's kind of proves it right there. A good team will lose games like that, but a great team won't. Yeah. Then let's get into the uh, Sunday night game. Another, this was an interesting game to say the least, but a lot of points scored in this game, which I did not think was going to happen. Me either. The Green Bay Packers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Packers, I mean, listen, they they kept this game close, you know, throughout most of the game. The issue for Green Bay, which has been the issue for them the entire season, they have not been able to stop any running attack. And not only could they not stop Miles Sanders on the ground, they couldn't stop Jalen Hurts. Hurts had 157 yards rushing in this game, and Miles Sanders had 143 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Philadelphia ran for 363 yards as a team in this game. Hurts also threw two passing touchdowns as well. So his MVP says definitely has gone up after this game. And another big factor into this one is that Aaron Rodgers also had two really, you know, tough interceptions. So that played a factor. And he also got injured in the game. And we saw Jordan Love replace him midway through the fourth quarter. Love did throw a touchdown to Christian Watson. He did get the Packers back to within seven late, but they just were not able to stop the Eagles offense. Packers falling to now four and eight on the season. And the Eagles with the win now go to ten and one, staying on top of the NFC standings. Uh, I thought we we saw this could be a close game between Green Bay and and uh, and Philadelphia. We established that. We thought it'd be low scoring, though. We thought this would be a low scoring affair, and they kind of just destroyed the over in the first half, which I can't say I saw coming. Yeah. Did anyone else see, did anyone else see uh, about Grayson, that? Grayson had the over, so he saw it. He did. Yeah, saw did, he over, see, but did Yeah, he didn't see it coming in the first, first half. half. That was, yeah. that was no, ridiculous. I didn't see that, but I saw, I saw the over going. No, but Nick, Nick, like you said, Jordan Love has looked he looked pretty good this game. He had very limited play time, but he was making some deep passes and he has the touchdown. And listen, I think he's, he's got a real quarterback. Uh, Green Bay may have another future quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers or as good as Brett Favre, but if he's serviceable, then well, may, what do you, what do you do if Aaron Rodgers? Well, like, let's, let's say, they, let's say they shut down Aaron Rodgers, right? Let's which, say, which is what I was going to get to. Yeah. So All let's right. say they shut down Aaron Rodgers, right? Mm. And they give the rest of the season, what, about six games left? Seven games left? So we're going into, yeah, about about six games left. About six games left. And Jordan Love brings you to a 500 record. And he doesn't look great, but he doesn't look bad. Let's say his, you know, his passer rating is somewhere around 90. 
What do you do with him? Well, that's why I was talking about earlier when we were talking about the Jets. I mean, Rodgers could be in a conversation for getting traded. Now, the only problem with that is that he's making a you'd lot have, of money. You'd have to attach a lot to go with him. You'd have so, to attach more than a first-round pick to go with him. So that's the, that. that's the issue for Green Bay is that Aaron Rodgers is getting paid so much money, they really realistically can't – they might not be able to trade him. And even if they cut him, they're going to be paying him to play on another team. So will they want to do that? Probably not. So now when it comes to this season, they're four and eight right now. Obviously, the playoffs pretty much look dead to them. The last, dead. Unless they the, win out, which isn't going to happen. The last wild card team in the NFC, I believe right now, is the I think it's the Seahawks. No, it's the it's the Commanders, sorry. And they're seven and, and four, right? Or and seven, the Commanders are seven and five right now. So they're five. a full three games back up to the Commanders. And remember, they lost to them, so they technically have to be a game better than Washington to get into the playoffs. And remember, look at the other teams there that they've lost to. The Giants, another wild card team. Cowboys, another wild card team. Obviously, the entire NFCs they've lost to. They haven't they, they lost the entire NFCs this year, 0 4. So the Packers are pretty much screwed to begin with. As of right now, Rodgers is slated to play this week against the Bears. But they could be a scenario where they say, you know what? Aaron's currently hurt. He has this injury that's happened this past game. He's had a broken thumb since week five against the Giants in London. They might as well just shut him down and see what they have in Jordan Love for the rest of the season. And if there's any glimpse of that, you saw it in this game. You hope that maybe he can continue that down the stretch of the season. But as of right now, they're not going to bench Rodgers until they're mathematically out of it. Ah, God, it's such a tough call. Um, I don't know what to do here if you're Green Bay. I mean, maybe you could say, maybe, let's say, okay, let's say Aaron Rodgers, they lose next week, right? If an Aaron Rodgers, okay, I'm going to get surgery on my thumb because it's broken, right? Mm-hmm. Just say, oh, I'm going to sit out for the rest of the year. I'm not going to play with a broken hand. Understandable. That gives you cover for your, you know, your quarterback, and it lets you um, let you test out your backup, the guy you drafted a couple of years ago. So if, I, if I'm Green Bay, I go for out of, okay, Aaron, you don't have the team doctor clear him, say, okay, it's not healthy anymore for whatever reason. Just send him to the injured list, however, whatever way you can, with the injured reserve, whatever way you can, and you let you start drawing. Yeah, but the problem with that, too, is like, then you're, I mean, not that they really care, but then you're showing a lack of confidence in, in Rodgers. I mean, they did the same to, thing with Brett Favre. Let's be real. But, uh, the, but that's what I was going to say. Like, they have a history uh, of doing this. Well, I mean, it's not like they. But that's not the. It's not the same regime. You know, the, is it? No, they, no. The, the, the difference with Favre was is that it's not like they benched Favre. He retired because, and he came. Yeah, he just retired. He quote yeah. unquote retired. So, I mean, it was it, it, it's it's a completely different scenario, and the issue really is is that Rodgers is hurt right now. He yeah. very much could retire at the end of the season. There's been rumors of that too. I we don't doubt know. It. I doubt I it. Doubt, if I'm him, I agree with you. I, I doubt take it. those checks and I just ride the bench. Yeah, I, I think at this moment, the Packers are in a bad situation because they gave Rodgers so much money that not only does it hurt them when it comes to what they do with Jordan Love and him, it's really hurting them as a team because they're not able to make you know free agency moves and bring players back. You saw what happened this past offseason. They lost so many players, including a guy like Devontae Adams. Because one, they didn't have money, and two, there was not really much structure around this entire team that it really just hurt them, and their window pretty much evaporated after that. And now they're in a situation where they have a high draft pick in this upcoming draft again. They're obviously going to be looking at defense because that's been 
a really big – but I could be wrong. They could look at a wide receiver also. But I think, realistically, their defense has been a killer for them this year. They can't not stop the run. I, I, if They're not the worst team in, run, in rush defense. They're definitely bottom two. They have been horrible all year against the run, and something has to be fixed. Now, if it's firing their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, sure, do that. Maybe that helps you. But – Something's got to go for Green Bay down the down the rest of the season. They've got to get some kind of hope because this year's pretty much a wrap for them. They got to look towards next season and potentially benching Rodgers and starting Love would potentially, you know, that would definitely start that uh, motive. All right, so it looks like we're finished here, and let's go into our final game of the week, uh, the Monday Night Snooze Fest, as it continues, of Steelers. With a great victory over the Indianapolis Colts. Absolute stunning game of 41 points being scored, which is actually uh, over the overhead hit. Yeah. The overhead, thanks to that, not last minute touchdown by the Steelers, but a uh, fourth quarter touchdown by the Steelers. Yeah. Well, this game came down to the fact that Matt Ryan started off horribly in the first half. He had 36 yards, I believe, in the first half passing. So the Colts got off to a very flat start. And. The Steelers' offense looked really bad in the second half due to the fact that Najee Harris got injured late in the first half. So they realistically didn't have, you know, the running attack that they needed. Now, Benny Snell, to his credit, did have a good second half. But when you lose a guy like Najee Harris, it really hurts your star factor. And the other issue for Pittsburgh was George Pickens dropped a lot of passes in this game, too, as well as Deontay Johnson. So they realistically gave the Colts a lot of opportunities to come back and win this game. Colts did tie it. It's actually they didn't tie it. They took the lead late in the third quarter, but the Steelers got a touchdown in the fourth quarter thanks to Benny Snell, and they got the two point conversion to take the lead, and they hold on to win. But the biggest story coming from the game was Jeff Saturday on that final possession for the Colts. Absolutely horrible clock management on his part. The Colts converting a third a third down. To keep the drive going into Pittsburgh territory, and they waste about thirty to forty seconds to you know call their next play. I'm, I'm sorry, and I, I mean I didn't mean to correct myself, but they didn't convert the third down. They were waiting. It was third to go into fourth down. So to go into that fourth down, they wasted so much time. And what they did on that third down play was run the ball to Jonathan Taylor, which wasted even more time. So horrible decision making from Jeff Saturday to say the least, and it cost the Colts in this game. Because they didn't have enough time to stop the Steelers defensively when they turned it over on downs. So there was 24 seconds left in the game when the Colts turned it over. So therefore, there was no mathematical chance for the Colts to get the ball back for their offense. And that hurt them at the end of the day. So the rookie head coach Saturday makes a big mistake. Steelers get the win to go to 4-7. and seven, And the Colts lose a, another really horrible game to drop to 4-7-1. It's this is kind of what you get though for hiring a guy with yeah, no coaching experience. Yeah, no, you. This is the bed that this is the bed they made, and they have to lay in it now. I agree with Grayson. Um, yeah, like I don't like Jeff Saturday. I just I. You yeah. like him as a personality. You don't. Yeah. Not as a head, as well, a head coach. Yeah, I don't know. Like sit here and say, coach. "Oh my god, I hate Jeff Saturday." It's like no, but he shouldn't be a head coach. It's like if um. I'm trying to give you, it's like if uh, this is gonna be controversial. It's like Stephen A. became a basketball coach. I wouldn't hate Stephen A., but I don't think he should be anywhere near a basketball. Yeah, I'm a basketball coach. 
I disagree with that though, because Saturday was a all pro center. Like Stephen A didn't even play high school ball, did he? No, he did. He played college. Oh, sorry. What do you play? Like Division Two? Uh he played at Winston Stanley. I think they're Division One. Oh, but my point stands. I mean, you can't compare Stephen A to Jeff Saturday. No, you can't. But I'm just saying, like, I'm just talking about a popular personality. No, I just, I mean, this is what you get when you hire not only just a rookie head coach, but a guy that has zero coaching experience. So, I, I don't, you can't say, oh, he's clueless. I mean, give the guy a little time. He's still trying to figure it out. Uh, it was definitely boneheaded. Oh, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. You're 100% right with that. It's just, like I said, I would, I'm going to give him a pass, mostly for the fact of, you know, never been a head, never been a head coach in anything, except for, like, what, his son's, like, high school team? <laughs> yeah. So, this is I, sound- I mean, I don't mean to, you know, you know, be a hater on him, but his son's high school team, from what I heard, was not good. So, not a good resume. So, here's a hot take. I think by 2050, these lapses in clock management are going to be com- almost completely gone. You'll probably you, you see this happen a couple times a year. Right now, I think by 2050, they'll be completely gone. It's not just because like there's new analytics or you know there's uh there's better like predictors or better coaches. It's just because the generation that grew up playing Madden are going to be head football coaches, and they've and that's the reason why there's going to be very little clock management. You know. Situations like this, people will be like, "Okay, yeah, I've I've done this a thousand times before growing up." Like you, then you did it in, in, I guess, in high school and then college and then in the NFL. So I think in twenty twenty five years now, it's gonna be less and less common to see this kind of uh this clock management. In twenty five years, how about like ten? I don't know because the man generation, I peg them the older ones at like thirty two right now. I mean, but what I'm saying is like. Like Nick and I have played Madden in NCAA for years. I mean, I'm also assuming the average head football coach is about it's about 45, 50 years old when they if they first. Yeah, but they're starting to get younger. So they are. They are. That's what I'm saying. Give it twenty, twenty five years before it's like almost completely phased out. Uh, that's fair. All right, so I think we're so I think we're done with our. Weekly, uh, weekly recap, and let's go to everyone's favorite part of the show, where we try to beat the spread, beat the odds, and give you, you ever hear give the you our favorite kid's picks. voice when we get when we talk about gambling. We're talking about gambling. Yeah. Who doesn't like this? We're still looking for a name. We'll find one eventually. But let's start off with the primetime game on Thursday Night Football: New England at home, Buffalo on the road. Bills are. Road favorites, minus four, over under at 44. Patriots offense has looked a little bit better the last couple of weeks. I, I shouldn't say the last couple of weeks because that Jets game was atrocious. But in general, yeah. in general, it's looked a little bit better with Mac Jones throwing the football. Are they going to be able to convert that to points? I don't know. Uh, Bills look a little shaky as well, so I can see why that over under is at 44. And Bills are four-point favorites on the road. Who wants to start us off? Oh, Nick, you could start. Uh, this is a tough one. This is a really tough one. I like the Patriots spread in this game. Now, I think Buffalo at the end of the day is going to win. But I think it's going to be another close game. 
Now, when it comes to the over-under, I'm not going to take. I think the only play I'm going to do is the spread in this game. But if I had to take the over-under, I would probably do the under. I think this is a big divisional game. These defenses need to play their hearts out. And I don't think you'll see a lot of points being scored just because of how high impact this game is going to be on Thursday. And let's also forget it's a Thursday night game too, so we don't usually see points to begin with. That's true. Okay. Grayson, give me your take. Uh, I'm, I'm actually agreeing with Nick. I'm going with the um, – well, uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored, so I'm going to take the under. Um, but I'm taking the Bills alternate spread minus seven. Oh, full touchdown. Okay. Uh, so, Nick, I agree with you. I'm not going to touch the points here. I can definitely see it being the undeveloped play. I want to take New England money line. But the degenerate in me is saying take the points because they're giving them to me. So I'm going to take New England plus four. I think this is going to come down to a field goal. Here's my lock behind it. I think New England will win, but I will take the points here to be a little bit more safe. New England, it's kind of like an unspoken rule. No matter how good New England is, no matter how bad they are, they always tend to beat Buffalo at home. Does not matter. Kind of yep. like how, no matter how good New England is, they always almost lose to uh, the Dolphins in Miami. Doesn't not really sure. matter. So I think going based on tradition and based on the current trajectory of both teams, I'm going to take New England plus four. Yeah, I think that's probably the safest play you can take in this game just because these two teams have had some, you know, these last couple of weeks have been very, very Jekyll and Hyde, I guess you could say. Buffalo hasn't looked as strong. New England has had some good weeks, and they've also had some really bad weeks too. So I think the safest play you can do is probably take the um the spread, but the under I think is also a really good play here too. Because I think if I had to take the over the under, I would definitely take the under. I think I'll agree with Grace on that. I'm going to disagree with him on the Bills part, though. So, into our next game, Washington Commanders on a hot streak, uh, going on the road. Again, another road underdog over here, another road favorite over here, uh, going in the MetLife Stadium in in New Jersey. Commanders minus two and a half, over under set at 40 and a half. I really think the over is going to hit this game. But I'm going to let you guys start. Yo, where you go, oh. Grayson? You got it. No, no, go first. I'm still trying to decide who For I the second really... street game, I'm not going to touch the over or under because, again, it really depends on what Giants team you're getting that week. And I haven't really been able to decipher what Giants team we're getting the past two weeks because they haven't been able to run the football. If they're able to run the football, I think they could score. But that's besides the point. Um... This is going to be just a biased pick. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not taking the Commanders, especially after what they just did with with, um, Sean Taylor's thing. I'm going to take the Giants' money line. I'll just take them straight up. Okay, better odds in the points right now. Grayson, give me your pick. (sighs) Um, I'm just going to go... Take commas. I was actually going to take the Giants plus points. Okay, you could do that too. That's work. That's fine. Yeah, I'm taking the Giants plus points. Um, I just I I can't sit there and say, as much as I I mean I picked the Commanders to be uh, division leaders. I mean they've been playing way better as of late. You gonna take but, the points? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I got to take the points, especially against you know the Giants, who you don't know what offense we're getting. I mean, hey, if you're going to give them to you, so you could take them kind of like I did yeah, in the Patriot game. Nothing exactly. That. I'm going to take the over here. Uh, I know the Giants defense, historically, when they win games, they keep opponents to under 20 points, if I'm not mistaken, Nick, at least this yep. season. Um, I don't know. They've been doing another show. But I think they'll hold Washington to, let's say, 16. I think the Giants can score 28. I think that's possible. I think Saquon, if he has uh, a very good day, he'll score a touchdown himself. Maybe Daniel Jones gets a passing touchdown, and then you're going to see uh, Graham Gano get five field goals. I think that's definitely. I think that's definitely that's a realistic sad, possibility. Could, that's sad, but I can see Graham Gano getting well, five field goals. I, I know, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely possible. So yeah. I think they can. I think the Giants can score somewhere in 28, 29 that range and hold Washington like 16, 17. That's why I'm going to take the over here. I think that's, that's definitely possible. It's going to huh? be favorable weather-wise. It's going to be in the uh, the low 50s, which is pretty nice for a December football game in the Northeast. Yeah. So I'm going to take the uh, Giants here. I'm sorry. I'm going to take the over here in the uh, Giants-Commanders game at 40 and a half. Okay. And going into our next game, we have Titans on the road versus the Eagles. Eagles, five and a half point favorites at home. Over-under is at 44 and a half currently. Uh, who would like to start us? Over. Um, over. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 say on, no, say under. No, no, no. Is this, group, this, pick, if this is a group pick of the over? Yeah, I think so. Oh, you know what? I'll just do over and give me the Eagles to win. Yeah, um, oh, I was actually on the same. Oh, my God. Yeah, just, no, I, I don't care. Do it. It's not, like my, it's not like my NFL picks have been that great the last couple, two, the last two weeks. I'm more of a college guy. <laughs> I mean, you went mediocre in the NFL this week. I, 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 I went over 500, so, yeah. I've been mediocre overall. I've went 5-3, and 5-3, 5-4, 3-6. and, three, five and, four, three and six. So I've been pretty – I've been flirting with 500 the entire time. Maybe a little bit above 500 a game or two. I think we're all a little bit above 500 right now, which if you if you bet, if you can call, let's say, out of 40 games, you can call 22 of them, 23 of them, right? That's, that's really good. You're in good shape. Yeah, you're yeah. in excellent shape. I just think this is going to be a game where Henry's going to run the ball really good, especially after a rough game last week. And after what the Eagles just did against the Packers, I mean, listen, the Titans defense has been one of the better rush defenses in all the league, but you know the Eagles are going to run the football either way. I think points are definitely going to be a plenty in this one. All right, so you guys are going with over 44.5 in Eagles money line. I would just take the over because I will not root for the Eagles. All right. Yeah, uh, we have our re- we have a revenge game here, the Deshaun Watson re- revenge <laughs> game. Browns on the road versus the Texans. Deshaun Watson coming out in Week Eleven because God knows that's what Roger Goodell wanted, so that's what he got. Browns minus seven favorites on the road, touchdown favorites. Yeah, minus seven. They're giving they're giving, they're giving the tight um the Texans seven points, and the over unders at forty seven. So. Do you have that information? It sounds like you want to start, so I'll let you start. Yeah, um, it's pretty simple. It's fucking Browns minus at least 14. It's sad because I, as I was writing that down, I was like, okay, I'm going to put a one here. I don't know what the next number is going to be. <laughs> at least, I knew you were going alternative spread from the beginning. Yeah. Always. Always, baby. Um, yeah, it's it's Browns minus 14. The the Texans are fucking awful. They don't have a quarterback. They have and a quarterback. Deshaun, He's on the bench. And Deshaun Watson has been like... He's been dormant. Yeah, like he... 
he wants he wants to get back. He's been cryogenically frozen for the last like ten weeks, and now he's finally come out to play football, and he's excited. Exactly, exactly what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's going to have himself a day. All right, Nick, give us your thoughts. All right, let me get my speech ready. I'm ready for this one. Uh huh. All right, my first pick is the under. The, the they these two teams are really bad offensively, and the only reason the Browns will score is because of Nick Chubb. Now I'm not going to go on the record and say the Texans are going to win, but this team is going to go out there. They're going to go guns a blazing. They will keep this game close, but they will not win. Texans plus seven is definitely the play. The Texans are going to play the game of their goddamn lives. Deshaun Watson's back. They're, the place is going to be absolutely filled with booze, and it's going to fuel this Texans team to a heartbreaking loss because that's how everything goes for this franchise. Texans plus seven. Cleveland, though, will win. All right, and then you wake up. I'm taking Browns minus seven because I think it's going to be a blah, and this team sucks. <laughs> and then you wake up. You, listen, right, people, Nick. People give listen. People give me the this is this a plus minus seven for a four and seven Browns team. That's that's a lot. I understand. Four and seven playing with a backup quarterback though. Uh, yeah, but the, their defense has been brutal. Even if Deshaun Watson was playing, their defense been yeah, horrible. You make it like the Texans have a good offense. To, I'm not. Like, I'm saying that's why Grayson. That's why I said the under and the Texans plus seven is what I'm taking for this game. It's definitely feasible, but uh, I'm going to say you're dreaming right now. All right, anyways. Jets. I'll be, I'll be, dreaming, I'll, I'll be dreaming in cash when uh, that, ha- that happens. Yeah, Nick, you place that bet right now. I don't know what fair, if we all If we all like took our bets on a week-to-week basis, we'd all be up right now to you. It's funny because it it's... It's I, I look at these and I'm like, damn, that's better than what I actually uh, do on the, on the weekend. Yeah, because you just don't take your. I should start taking my advice too. I'd be up two units right now. I know, I know. It's so funny. At least, at least two units. It's so funny. I'd be up fucking. You'd be up three. I did your math. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, next game. So we have Jets on the road versus the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Vikings. Three point favorites at home, so spread is I, Vikings minus three. I guarantee over under forty five and a half. I know where Grayson's going with this. I know where he's going with this. Grayson, say it. Take no, 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 say it. Go ahead. You know you want to. I know exactly what you want to do. Go oh, for I'm it. Actually, you know what? Jets alternate spread. Mm. <laughs> yeah, how many points are you giving them? Minus three and a half. Oh my lord! This man's being set up for failure. All right. Yeah, Minnesota I, I, Vikings. I, I, Minnesota Vikings spread, and I'm not gonna touch the over or under. So yeah, I'll just take the spread. All right, I'm gonna say Vikings minus seven because Mike White is a fraud and this team sucks. Yeah, if Mike White goes out there and snaps, I out, can't tell which. I can't tell which one of you two is going to mush him. I don't know. It's, it's gonna be interesting. What what mush is more powerful? Yeah, I mean mine. Historically, I mean, you're taking them by you're. I mean, listen, you're basically taking them by a full touchdown. I understand it's three and I a half. But no, I'm talking about Grayson because three and a half. Listen, they don't have to. He's practically saying they're going to win, bait, most likely by a touchdown potentially. I can say yours definitely hitting Johnson though. I don't trust. I don't, I don't know what Mike is. What Mike White is right now. I mean, he's taking Grayson's taking a couple points. I'm taking a couple points. We'll hey, see listen, how it goes. It paid off for him in last week in a couple games, so you never know. 
All right, so we have Dolphins on the road versus the 49ers. 49ers at home, four-point favorites. Over-unders is 46 and a half. The Mike McDaniel Bowl. True. Yeah. Who want, who, you want me to say, take this? Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. I, I want to think about this a little bit. My but... only play for this game, because I don't want to think either team, because this is a tough game at the end of the day. I don't know who's going to win, but I do love both of these offenses, so the over is going to hit. That's the only thing I like in this game. Mm. Give me the Dolphins and the over. Dolphins straight in the over. Interesting. That's Dolphins money line, not points. Dolphins money line. Let the record show he is taking two attack of Iloa. I didn't I would never thought this day would come. That it hurts me. It really does. Well, I'm I think expecting the can... Jeff Wilson revenge tour. Well, we're all agreeing that the over is going to hit. I'm going to agree with the over, too, because I think these are two high-powered offenses that are going to collide. Can the 49ers, they just had a shutout last week versus the Saints. I think their offense is going to have a uh, bounce back. They're going to regress to the mean, so they're going to do better, but the defense is also going to regress to the mean, so they're going to give up a couple points, too. So, With that being said, I'm going to take the over here. We're all in agreement here. Chris Grayson's going to take the offense money line. I think 49ers money line would be a play, but it's probably not giving me good enough odds to take them straight up. Uh, so I'm just going to stick with uh, the yeah, over 46 and a half. Actually, Johnson, what are the Dolphins right now money-wise? Uh, money line? Uh, I'd probably say off the top of my head about plus 150, but I'll check that right now for you. Beautiful. Before Stand we move on to the uh, to our next game, let's just actually see what this is. So it's right now it's 49ers minus four. And the Dolphins straight up, it's plus one. Uh, I see plus one sixty three, but yeah, so. uh, yeah, depends on what side you're be, on. Yeah, I figured it'd be somewhere between plus one fifty to plus one seventy. So, yeah, so that's pretty good odds. Yeah, and forty dollars money line is minus two hundred, so that's a little, that's not even worth me taking. All right, so going into our next game, Chiefs at Bengals, probably the game of the week here. Chiefs on the road going into Cincinnati. Chiefs are, again, road favorites. Kind of a theme this week. Chiefs minus two, over-unders at 52 and a half. I'm taking the Bengals plus points. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. It's a scary thought because of that that defense for the Bengals. Like that that's the that's the scary thought of Mahomes versus them. But I think Burrow can match offensively, especially if they get Mixon and Chase back. So uh yeah. Bengals plus points. I don't care what Grayson says. I'm not taking the points. I'm going Bengals money line and the over. Oh, let's go, Nick. I'm going we full out that. that the Bengals are gonna win this game because I Chase love that. and Mixon are both back. I think that is going to be enough for this Cincinnati team to get a huge win at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have to lose at some point. I think this is the week. Well, everyone knows my thoughts on Andy Reid, so I'm not going to go into that. But I'm just going to take the over in this game and pray to God that Cincinnati wins. So I'm with both of you. You saying are a man that- of culture. You, you, you did not take Cincinnati so that it wouldn't get uh, mushed. Yep, I'm going to take the over at 52 and a half because I do agree with you on that. Okay. I think there's going to be two high-powered offenses, and I think eventually 
Uh, either the Bengals are gonna have the last, you know, possession, or Andy Reid's clock management's gonna do him in. So that's my take. Okay. Okay, we have uh, probably the worst game of the week here: the Colts at the Cowboys. Colts on the road, going into Jerry World. Cowboys minus eleven, double digit favorites at home, over under at forty three and a half. So I want just to point point this out for everyone listening. The Cowboys are minus eleven favorites, so that means Vegas thinks the Cowboys are going to win by eleven points, or that's what at least they're estimating by. And the over under is going to be at forty three and a half, meaning. They think the end, the final score of this game, at best, is going to be like 30 to 19. I'm sorry, not 30 to 19. It would be like 30 to, um, or like 25 to, uh, like 25 to 14, or 26 to uh, 15, something like that, which I just, I don't see that happening, to be honest with you. I, I think one of these has to give. Um, I'm taking, oh, hold on. Um, Give me the Cowboys alternate spread, fourteen points. Okay. And then I'm not touching the over under. Yeah, I'm not touching the over under this game too because the spread and the over under. I have to pick one or the other. I'm not picking both. Even though the Colts are right now one of my most hated teams for what they've done all season, because I thought this team had a lot of potential, I'm going to take the Colts spread. Now, the question is, do I want to do alternate spread or keep current 11? I mean, they're giving you 11 points. That's kind of a lot already. I'm going to keep it at plus 11. I was thinking plus 14, but I'll go plus 11. All right. I'm going to, going to go with Cowboys minus 11. I'll beat you guys in the middle, I guess. Um, not really. Let's show Nick because I think uh, – I just don't think the Colts are good. I don't think – Oh, they're Saturday. not. I don't, I don't think – the only redeemable player on that team is Jonathan Taylor, and I think the Cowboys defense is going to contain him. Yeah, I have no faith in that pick. I'm just going to pick it because I don't want to pick the Cowboys. And we have a, another snooze fest, or maybe not if you're no, Marshawn Lattimore. No, maybe if you're not, if you're Lattimore or Mike Evans, listen, maybe. Listen, that, they have a great rivalry, but this game's going to be a snooze fest. Maybe if Mike Evans gets suspended, it's going to be good. But we have Saints on the road going into Tampa Bay. Excuse me, Tampa Bay. Uh, Buccaneers minus three and a half, over-unders at 40 here. This under. is a twenty seventeen. This is a twenty seventeen type of game, isn't it? Yeah, I already gave you my pick under. If there's one thing the Saints and Buccaneers do when these two teams play each other, the they don't play sleep. offense. It's always defense. Yeah, remember the I'm first. Going... Remember what happened the first game these two teams played this year. It was a very big snooze fest. Yeah, I'm going the Saints money line and the under. He's taking the Saints outright. Wow. I mean, listen, they they they've done it a lot the last couple of years with Tom since Tom Brady's gone there. So I that that's a that's definitely a fair fair play. I mean, hey, I'm gonna agree with, uh, agree with you there, Grayson. I'm gonna take the under forty. So Nick, it looks like we're all picking the under. So that's gonna be mushed fade that one. Uh, I don't know about I don't know about I don't know, about I don't know if you should. I they these teams never play offense against each other. I mean, it's, hey, this is going to be the one game where it's going to be 21 21 at the end of the first quarter. So. I'm, <laughs> there's no way. Hopefully. There's, there's, no, there's no way. The way these two offenses have been all season, I cannot see that happening. But maybe, I'm probably wrong. I probably, you're probably right. Yeah, but I'm definitely going to take the under here. Uh, like you said, these offenses put you to sleep when they play each other. 
And if Mike Evans and uh, gets thrown out, then yeah, it's definitely going to happen. So that's the X factor to me. <laughs> that's the X factor. I mean, that's definitely an interesting X factor, say at least. But it's been another crazy week in the NFL. Some very big time games this week, obviously, with the Thursday night game. You have the Commanders and the Jets. Uh, sorry, Jets. Uh, the Giants, I should say. That big NFC East rivalry game. The Jets are playing the Vikings, the Titans, and the Eagles. Dolphins and the Niners. Cincinnati and Kansas City. And then the Sean Watson. I mean, listen, I understand both those teams are terrible right now. But it's his first game back in the NFL. And it's in Houston. So the story writers have definitely made it happen. So we'll have to see what happens after this week. But I'm oh, sure. Wait, before you finish. Yeah. Anything. I have to throw a shout out to Team USA Soccer. Oh yeah, if you want um, to get into that, great, go go right ahead. Yeah. Um, so we we didn't get to talk about it. Remember, you know, it's not football; no, it's soccer. It, it's soccer. Um, they played a a strong game against Wales. Probably should have won that outright. Definitely should have won outright. Gave up a penalty kick. You know, got a draw out of it. Then played a beautiful game against England. Really should have won that game. Pulisic hit a crossbar. That, but that's beside the point. Today, Christian Pulisic gets his moment for American soccer. Scores a huge goal. Injures himself in the process, but scores a huge goal to push us to to the knockout round. He is a game time decision, by the way, for this Saturday. Which is nuts. He's going to play. If, oh, he's he's, if you're saying he's game fine. time right now, he's going to play he's no matter fine. what. 100%. Even but, if he only plays the first half, he's going to play. Yeah. I actually prefer to hold him to the second half. Yeah. With, the, with, with what they've been doing with McKinney, that'd be huge to then put Pulisic in. Oh, my God. It'd be I, I will say, what I don't like about this USA team is, obviously, they've been playing fantastic. Once they get a goal, they, they play they all defense. The boss. They yeah, just I mean, park. They don't yeah. go on attack. They okay. No. That's what that's what did them in against Wales. They parked yeah. the bus, and then they, when they got the penalty kick, that was it. Yep. Because you can't really restart at that point. They had to go on on the aggressive when they were playing defense for the last fifty minutes. So yeah. if that's one, if they could figure out not parking the bus afterwards, they could definitely. Well, I mean, that's what, happened, that's what happened today because Iran or Iran um, really started to hem them in for a while there. Yeah, but um, the last that those nine minutes probably took a year off my life. Whole year, bro. I literally think that took like ten years, two jobs, social security check, ready <laughs> for retirement. Yeah, that, bro, stressed out, and then the fact that they got away with not having to deal with that penalty kick, oof. I don't know. I think that that was clean, though. That was um, it was, but was like at the same time, it's USA Soccer, and I figured they'd find a way to try to screw us. I, I know, but here's the thing, though. You're in Qatar, though. I know it's two Arab countries, and uh, or I should say Muslim countries. I really, I don't think you consider Iran to be an Arab country, but technically Persian. Uh, but it's still two Muslim. It'd be two Muslim countries. It'd be Qatar, obviously that's where it's being held, and then Iran. You have the whole bad bluff. United States already had a penalty kick. I, I feel like. The, the Qatar, with all the controversy they have, with not with with just with the entire World Cup, I'm not going getting into it. Everything they've done so far hasn't been done right. But if they had, that'd just be another long list of why probably they would never get the World Cup or 
really a, a lot of international relations probably sour off the bat. So now it's just like, okay, are you kind of fixing games now? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, when I it's mean, that close of a call, you have to give it tied to the uh, to the defense. Agreed. Uh, look, all I have to say is this World Cup's been extremely exciting. I've enjoyed watching every second of it, and uh, hopefully, US can win a match or two in knockouts. Really oh, shocked. You're, you're really hoping for. I'm hoping to get the penalty kicks. Like you're hoping for wins. Uh, look, I, Netherlands is good, but I think they could, it, they compete with England, man. Yeah, I, I feel like if you could draw with England, you could beat the Netherlands. That's my. And there's been some crazy upsets in the World Cup. So that's what I'm saying. Know. Like Japan beats uh, what was that Germany? Yep, two one. Yeah, like it's possible, man. I, I and especially if McKinney, if they're able to let McKinney play a little bit longer, you know, like he he's a game changer for them. I don't know, we'll see. But I just had to get that out there because boy was I excited this afternoon. Well, yeah. this is a football podcast, and we're talking about football too. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, you and every other American today, definitely an exciting day for the U.S. And we'll have to see what happens this upcoming weekend against the Netherlands. But we'll also have to see what happens in total for not only the World Cup, but for the NFL. Only time is going to tell once what everyone's feeling is going to be after this upcoming weekend. But that is going to do it for our conversation here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Another crazy week in the National Football League. I'm sure another crazy one will happen this upcoming weekend. And good luck to the USA against the Netherlands. Hopefully, they can catch a big-time win in the World Cup. Once again, I am... Once again, sorry. I have Nick Bavada joined alongside Grayson Chief Marino and Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Breaks Sports Show.